Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Make It Pine. Make It Pine. M-I-P. With Masamela Mafumo. Mark Thompson. Make It Pine. Get woke. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Time for the person who founded the largest online progressive community to date. The person who has the largest and most successful polling firm and the most popular podcast. And I got a little news about that. I'm gonna share something with you all about that in a minute. It, it, we know that actually Thursday Coast is the most downloaded podcast on Make It Plain. We know that. He's got his own podcast now, The Brief. Another thing, and he might find this interesting, everything in, in Thursday Coast, Daily Coast, everything's orange. Marcos is orange, where everything's, that's his color. But we have learned that uh, what Spotify does, it does uh, it does analytics. And the listeners to make it plain tend to listen most in terms of music consistently. There's a top five and the, there are four that change, but there's always one that doesn't change on make it plain. It's been going on for months. The listeners to make it plain mostly listen to Prince. And that Whoa. never changes. So that's who you and I are attracting, Marcos. So think about it. A, a Thursday Coast, it's most like downloaded podcast, even old ones, and, which is interesting because this is a dated show. I mean, we do it every week, so it's not always t- go back three weeks and we may it's not may not be that timely. But folks download stuff we talked about two or three weeks ago. I hope they know it's from two or three weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's flattering. But those people also are the people on Spotify who most often and most consistently and most frequently listen to Prince. That is so interesting. Maybe we're like in that moving in that rock star category, man. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think I would have guessed that. I don't know <laughs> what I would have guessed. Don't put me on the spot and ask because I don't know. I don't know what I would have guessed. Probably a lot of boomers, older, maybe, maybe Bruce Springsteen, maybe Aretha, Aretha. 
Well, I mean, it's 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 a thin line because think about it. Prince was big when I was in high school, and I'm 54. Okay. So yeah, I mean that's still that's still not. I mean that's still not that young of a crowd, honestly. I mean it's. I mean I'm, I don't right, see myself. Right, right, right. But still, folks in their 50s and younger. Yeah. Maybe 60. I mean, because Prince, 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 Prince got big in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. So people who were in college in the 80s. Who and he was pretty the- crossover, right? I mean, he, he, he appealed he appealed to all demographics, I think. Yeah, but even more so now. Even more so. I mean, I mean you, know, you, yeah. know how, you know how artists become even more popular than deaths. Right. Uh, but he was avant-garde. He was, yeah. and he was crossover yeah. because he was really a, literally a cross between R&B and rock. Yeah. And he was his own, you know, I mean, he was a prodigy. So we, we in that Prince category, man. And, All right. I don't hate it. That's <laughs> I'll take it. Right. And and Marcos is even sporting new hairstyle. His hair is longer. Looks no, great. Well, this this is this is you know I don't have pandemic to blame anymore. This is just pure laziness. I need to get. I don't like it. Blood. It looks good. It looks good. Uh, it, it's too much. I need I need a cut. It, it looks, you know what I was? It looks kind of Kennedy-ish. When I was yeah. in college, I had grunge hair, so yeah. it was it was it was. Oh, you did? Down, <laughs> yeah, down to my shoulders, and it was very curly because my hair is naturally curly. So. uh and then one day I was like, ah, I can't take this anymore. And I shaved it all off. And I like it short now. Well, it looks good. So Marco's doing it. <laughs> all right. Uh, the Brief. Oh, my God. Had Reverend Barber on this week. Congratulations. On that. Um, I, I want to start there just in terms of where he's from. So he's from North Carolina. Your reaction to this latest news and this Andrew Brown case I, from a political point of view, I think that. If you're suppressing voters and you're once again trying to convince people that these 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 are just more justifiable police homicides, I think that mobilizes people and hopefully mobilizes them to the polls. I mean, I would hope so. We have uh, we have uh, important elections next year in North Carolina, both governor and um, a Senate seat, a critical Senate seat, because whether we can really do big things like D.C. statehood. Uh, in true justice reform, I think we're going to need to be able to bust that filibuster. We need to get past the cinema mansion roadblock. Not even talking about Republicans, right? Because that's 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 next level roadblock. But yeah, I I, <laughs> I took a look at what little cam foot uh, body cam footage that the uh, that DA released, and it it doesn't support what they claim right i mean am i crazy are they they're gaslighting everybody right i mean this is what's happening they're not only gaslighting everyone but when you look at that footage folks you see someone backing away obviously because he fears for his life but even as he was in fear as a black man because he knows america he backs up and then turns and he turns deliberately to avoid hitting the police officers while they are shooting him. Yeah. He uh, being shot through the windshield and he makes a sharp left turn after he backs up. And he's he didn't like try, he two miles an hour, right? <laughs> yeah, like two miles an hour. Down. But he turns as he is being shot, he is turning to avoid hitting the police officer. 
Now, yeah, this whole notion that that they were justified in shooting because they feared for their lives because the car was going two miles an hour trying to get away from them. Right, right. Um, yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Again, I'm glad we have the Justice Department we have now because you know hopefully we're going to see uh, the federal government step in here and and do what the state. Um, at least that's local. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if there's a Democratic governor. He may, he may decide to do something at that state level. But I mean, the feds have to get involved. And I mean, it just it's just more evidence every single day that we need real reform at the federal level because we can't trust the states, and we definitely can't tr- trust any individual uh, police department. I mean, the the notion that they they were afraid for their lives is just laughable on its face. There was nothing there that was threatening to those cops. Walk, step out. If that car that's coming at you two miles an hour, it's like that. It's like that scene in uh, Austin Powers where I where you get the golf cart and the guy's going ah, and the golf cart's going about two miles an hour, and because um, it's it's ludicrously slow. There is just there's no reason for them to shoot, and this idea that that people need to pull out their guns for, you know, a lot of the stuff that they pull out their guns for, it's it just has to stop. I'm tired of it, and I'm not even somebody who lives in those communities, and I'm tired of it. I can't imagine having had that sustained experience their entire lives, decades. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 the other thing on the politics, the DA Womble is running, if I have this right, for Superior Court Judge, I think next year or later this year, in that area. So he's got a political agenda as well. That's that's what this is. I also hear he's going to be his major opponent is probably going to be an African American woman. So this is going to this is going to be a showdown. But yeah, but, and, and and now it's nationalized. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I guess he doesn't want to piss off his local racists. But I mean, now it's a national election. It's probably the last thing he he needs or wants. Uh, but I don't know the jurisdiction. I don't know what the demographics of that county or you know that or whatever the whatever the the boundaries are of that Supreme Court seat. I don't know. Or is it, or is it statewide? I, I, I don't know. I think it's superior. Yeah, I, don't. I don't know if it's the whole oh, state. Superior, yeah, superior, superior. Yeah. It's just right, right, right. And yeah. actually that also speaks to the problem with politic- with uh, making judges an elected position. I mean, there is a problem obviously with lifetime appointments of judges. I think, I think the Supreme Court has shown how that is a problem. But, um, there's no reason that judges should be elected. I mean, that should be an impartial meeting out of justice. And when you're an elected official, there's nothing impartial about it. You're looking at that next election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and that's, that is some of the body cam footage. That's not the worst of it, folks. So hopefully we will get uh, more of that. Meanwhile, um, not only are we talking about criminal policing, but... Marcos, what about Tish James, our great AG up here in New York? And she's announcing that they're going to be criminal, uh, a criminal. It's now a criminal probe into Donald Trump and Trump. Yeah, that, there were big smiles everywhere last night yes, <laughs> when yeah. that news came, to, came out. I mean, it was um, it seemed that it was going to inevitably get there. But it's always nice to see that confirmation. And uh, and. Um, I know Donald Trump released a statement in response, and Mark, I promise you, I tried to read it. I couldn't. 
I got, I think I got through three sentences and it, it was just, it was just his normal nonsensical nonlinear grievance screeching. Um, it is, <laughs> it is what it is, but I'm, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see that the Manhattan DA and the state AG are both working together on this. It's a big deal and they have to get it right. You know, you, you cannot screw any part of this thing. So they better be incredible, incredibly meticulous. You don't want to give the Trumps any ammunition that, that, uh, but this was a rushed or political hack job. I mean, we all know the evidence is there, right? I mean, <laughs> he's bragged about it. <laughs> but it's good to see that they're actually doing the paper trail stuff and digging in and, and that they're actually going to take action on it. That's important. More MIP after this message. Police officer shot and killed a black woman in her own home. Incident after incident, year after year. Say their name a podcast that focuses on the assault and killing of unarmed black people by police and in stand-your-ground states. I'm the mother. Father. Sister. Uncle. Grandmother. We were best friends. We are humanizing these headlines, figuring out who these victims really were before the hashtags. Say their name. You can listen on the Acast app or wherever you get your podcasts. This January 6th commission. Now, in the early days, Kevin McCarthy actually supported it. When he denounced Trump from the floor, now he's against it. There's even speculation that the reason he's against it is because he would be called and probably subpoenaed as a witness. So what are your what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, he, he would. Right. I mean, we have he talked about there was reports about how he was trying to get through to to Trump to send in the National Guard. And Trump was on that same call ranting about the election being stolen from him. That's what he cared about in that moment of, of extreme crisis. To me, what's amazing is all these Republicans who are literally, they're pictured behind barricades fearing for their lives, you know, with, with security personnel with their guns drawn are now pretending that this is not a big deal, that it was just a bunch of, you'd think it was people on vacation, they were, they were just touristing. And they are so afraid of Donald Trump that they are, absolutely terrified of holding not even holding him accountable just really digging into what happened uh how and why so i think it was it was it was maybe it was james rish one of the republican senators said we don't need a commission we already know what happened that's like saying like we don't need a 9-11 commission because we already know what happened yeah we know what happened the twin towers were collapsed and the pentagon was here we know what happened why would we do anything beyond that because it's not about the what. Obviously, we all know what happened. The question is how and why. Right. You know, let's answer those pieces. And for a party that, you know, spent years and what, 80 investigations, 80 hearings into Benghazi to talk about like, well, we already know what happened. Like, we shouldn't do anything else. When we're talking about the apps, like an assault on our democracy, a sustained um, occupation of our capital by hostile forces. And they're going to sit there and just shrug it off because, oh, like Marjorie Taylor Greene. I mean, she said whatever he's thinking. If we, we had a commission, it would just make Donald Trump and the rioters look bad. That's Marjorie Taylor Greene's response. Well, <laughs> no, no shit, Sherlock. Obviously, I mean, obviously it's going to make them look bad. They're the ones that did this. And you are admitting that this was a bad thing. No, you want to make him look bad. Okay, then it was a bad thing, right? Because she's been trying to, 
she's been trying to defend them and act like it was no big deal. And now you have all these Republicans who in the heat, you know, in the aftermath of the attack, when they were like, oh, my God, we just barely, we barely survived by almost by sheer luck. We survived that. Yeah. And yeah. we're angry. And now they're, they're terrified. Even Mitch McConnell. And I thought, I thought, Mark, I thought there was an opportunity or a chance that McConnell would sort of wink, wink this commission into existence because of his ongoing feud with Donald Trump. I mean, this would be a great way to knock Donald Trump down a peg if you're Mitch McConnell. But they're, you know, they're all terrified. He voted, he voted to acquit and then said he was guilty. Yeah. But they're all terrified. They're terrified of a loser who cost them the White House, cost them the House and the Senate. He is a loser. <laughs> By all indications, he is an idiot on top of everything else. Loser. Loser. I mean, he's trying to get Herschel Walker to run for his Senate in Georgia, right? And the guy lives in Texas. Big loser, loser, bigly, bigly. And, so, and as, yeah, and then as we said, you know, you look at what Tish James is doing, what other states are going to be doing. There's no guarantee. Um, I was saying to someone earlier, four minutes is an eternity on the clock in a football or basketball game. Four years is an eternity on the political clock. So this, this is uh, uh, 2024 was three years now. Um, three years is about right. I mean, these next three years could be hell for him if they're criminal charges. And as we've also said, I don't wish, you know, poor health on anyone, even though he wished poor health on the rest of the country. It is what it is. McDonald's does not have commercials that say eat our Big Macs three times a day. They don't even do that. <laughs> McDonald's doesn't. Even do that. They don't recommend that. But that's what he that's his meal. Breakfast, lunch and dinner. You know, if you and I started that tomorrow, we you and I both probably check out in about three years, if not oh, sooner. Okay, so, no. so between that and the criminal, the criminal, uh, the criminality and that he, he's not going to be around in 2024. And then Liz Cheney says. Which is interesting. I mean, you know, she is the daughter of the evil emperor, uh, as he declared himself, Darth Vader himself, the evil empire, uh, saying that she's going to do everything in her power to make sure he never gets anywhere near the Oval Office again. Can she do that? Does she have a big enough following in the party? Or does she just help us mobilize our side even more? I think her power... This is this is one of the things where by ousting her for leadership, Republicans and McCarthy made her a martyr, right? I mean, she they could have kept her in leadership. She might have criticized Trump every once in a while. The people at Breitbart might have gotten upset, but nobody would have really paid attention or cared, right? It's, but by ousting her, they've just created this this go-to person in media circles for a Republican to criticize. Uh, Trump, I mean, this is essentially what Joe Lieberman was for the Democratic Party back in the day, right? The, the go-to person, media loves to have a partisan that criticizes his or her own party. And now they have that person in Lynn Cheney. And she is, she's pissed, right? I mean, she's not backing down one bit. And so what she does is that she keeps that, that Republican Party in disarray narrative going. And they are, they are torn. And, and the Trump wing won. The, the, the broader battle, right? But you still have this sort of merry band of conservative partisans, partisans in the sense of, you know, um, like rebels. So you have, you have these merry band of conservative rebels 
out in the out in the edges, you know, engaging in guerrilla warfare, just taking shots at Trump, taking shots at McConnell, taking shots at McCarthy. The media will run with those because they love to run with those. And it just creates that continued turmoil it's inside the Republican tent. And Republicans have historically been very, very good at keeping their differences behind closed doors, right? That was the famous Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment, as you thou shall not criticize another Republican. And it's always been our side that's always like infighting and, and you know taking shots at each other. So it's kind of nice to see that now happening on their side. Is that going to have an electoral ramification? Oh, no, that's hard to say. And, and most people don't pay attention to that sort of thing. But it definitely keeps Republicans sort of fighting each other as opposed to coalescing together against Democrats. And the longer they're, you know, the guns are trained inwards, the better it is for us, obviously. Oh, and let me add, let me add one point. The, the place where it really does kind of help us a lot is, is and we, I think we talked about this last week or two weeks ago, is that the midterm election for a first president, there's always a referendum on that new president. And historically, it's always a bloodbath for the president's party. By making Donald Trump sort of the issue inside the Republican Party, like who who, who supports him, who supports him more, who's who's an apostate and doesn't support Donald Trump, it's turning 2022 into another referendum on Donald Trump. And if if that's the case, and Joe Biden, you know, he's done a really good job of keeping, you know, he's like under the radar. For a president, it's actually kind of amazing how subdued his presidency has been from, from a present standpoint. He hasn't trot out in front of the cameras all the time. His tweets are boring. Like he, He's very under the radar. If the issue in 2022 is Donald Trump, that helps us. And since Republican, their entire internal argument is who supports Donald Trump more, I think that helps turn 2022 into an election about Donald Trump once again, as opposed yeah. to a referendum on Biden. Yeah, no, I think that is good. And Democrats ought to keep it that way as a, as a referendum on Trump. But I told we talk, I told you about Biden though. So let me let me try to I've been describing him one day, but maybe there one way, but there's maybe a more apt description of Joe Biden. How many of you have uh, in your in your part of the country have or had Wonder Bread? Did you all have Wonder Bread in California? <laughs> yeah, stuff was I was in Chicago. I grew up in Chicago. You know what Wonder Bread is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's where they, they strip out all nutritional value whatsoever. So all that's left is a, a, a but, sponge. But, a yeah, sweet, but, yeah, sweet sponge. sponge. <laughs> that, but 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 it's it's but it's more just the the sheer kind of uh, uh, plainness of it is just regular white bread. That's yeah, gener the genericness. Yeah, it's just yeah. It's, and that's Joe. And he kind of said this is what he wanted to be. And I, I don't get don't get us wrong. We're not knocking it because that's probably that might no. be this this moment is, is needed. And we've all agreed he's been far more progressive than any of us expected him to be. So but but he's one to bread. And don't get me wrong. Everybody loved one to bread. It tasted good. It was it wasn't good for you once you ate it. But <laughs> it was best bread in the world. And in Washington, D.C., the one to bread factory was adjacent to Howard University. So when you were at school at Howard. That was a, a glorious smell. They smell that bread bacon <laughs> early every morning. Uh, <laughs> so, so that's I think it's really important to stress that this is not a knock on Joe Biden. It's actually oh. quite brilliant, in fact. And I don't know if it's by design. Because remember, Joe Biden's like whole reputation as a politician historically has been the gaffe machine. It's right. That's right. Yeah. And, 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 so, yeah, this, and this says something. Yeah. That that and he's... 
Yeah, and he was like one of these, you know, uh, you have somebody like Chuck Schumer's the same way, right? The most dangerous place between to be in the world is between a camera and Chuck Schumer. Like Joe Biden was the same way, right? If there was a camera, yeah. he was going to get in front of that camera. And and he he's maybe he's just old enough now. He doesn't care. He already, he's president. Like he could chill. But there was a story in Political that was actually really, really good. Um, I think it was last week. Uh, who knows with time? Time moves weird these days. But um I think it was earlier this week actually where republicans were conceding that their attacks on joe biden were not sticking and that they needed to try something new and so what they were suggesting they were going to do is they were going to go after the squad and then say joe biden is controlled by the squad so they're going to try to make 2022 about yeah. you know black and brown women so that seems to be the the operating strategy because the old white guy they just can't touch him they, i think they've forgotten how to run because it's been a while you know we've had so many you know women and and uh, people of color that have been the standard bearers of the party for for a long time you know obama was eight years and you had hillary clinton and even before obama you had hillary clinton sort of you know being one of the most high profiles so you're talking about probably 16 years where um the democratic party looks browner blacker more female than 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 like than America, um, and even in 2017 and 2018, I mean, Biden was not the front runner in 2017, right? I mean, it was it was uh, Elizabeth Warren had her turn, and um, you know, Amy Klobuchar had you know had her moment in the sun. So you had women sort of dominating. Oh, and Kamala Harris, of course women sort of dominating that debate and Joe Biden kind of snuck in now in 2020 itself. But so it's been a while since Republicans have had a chance to run against a white guy and they've, they've forgotten how, because they, they their, their playbook is all about racism and sexism. And suddenly you got a white guy that they don't know. So literally their reaction is like, all right, we're going to run against these junior Congress women who are black and Brown in the house. And then we're going to say, we're going to say that Joe Biden is, is trapped by these dastardly women or something. I don't know how they're going to frame it. It's going to be stupid. I don't know if it's going to work. But anytime, I mean, that's always good news. If they, if they can't run against Joe Biden while they themselves are still obsessing over Donald Trump, who's the most unpopular person in the country, that's okay for, for us. Yeah. More MIP after this message. But they make a mistake if they go after the squad because those, they're still women. And I think we are on the precipice of women being mobilized and activated even more now. So you've had in the past week, Supreme Court is going to hear this case that could finally undo Roe v. Wade. On um, yesterday, Texas bans abortions as early as six weeks. Uh, women are not going to stand for that. Women are going to vote. They they are not going to stand for their bodies being put under the thumb of the likes of Brett Kavanaugh and others and Greg Abbott in Texas. So I, I think that, you know, they'd be well, they're going to do it. They don't need to exacerbate their problem. The Republicans by attacking uh, w other women in Congress like the squad. And, and really, it didn't work with Nancy. How many years did they attack Nancy and, and make her a villain? Oh, there's another uh, example. Another woman that they that they demonized because yeah. Yeah, and it didn't work. And they yeah. still I mean, won. They still won the house back. And so 
I, I just don't think that that's going to work. And I think women, if, you, if you're telling people they can't vote, you suppress their vote, that's going to inspire more people to the vote poll. If you tell women they can't have personal privacy and self-determination over their own, bo own bodies, that's going to inspire more women to the poll. And so I don't know what this party thinks mathematically it is going to be representing one teeny tiny demographic yeah. in this country, the white good old boys or whoever. I, I just don't see how they get anything from that, Marcos. I don't see how they're successful. Yeah, you have you have Texas Republicans who are losing ground every cycle. The gap is narrowing between Democrats, Republicans, and they're the big battleground is the suburbs and particularly college educated white suburban women and they're pro-choice college educated suburban white women are strongly pro-choice yeah. and you have a, what is a swing demographic it's a group of people who who um republicans have been talking about how do we get them back you know how do we we got to stop losing ground to these to these you know to the democrats with these voters and then they do they do something that just <laughs> surgically strikes at at that community and and turns them away theoretically now i'm going to be i'm going to be now that you mentioned this is actually a good good question and i'm going to dig into some polling and see if maybe we can do our own polling at civics to see how how those suburban texan women are reacting to that law i mean you're right their demographics their their base is shrinking by the year and they are literally doing everything they can to shrink it even further and it just does not make sense from a mathematical standpoint it makes sense in that they're trapped in their bubble and maybe they they, they just can't see it outside of that bubble yeah but yeah. Um, it just objectively stepping back and looking at that math and, and you're, you're seeing it in places like we talked about this a week or two ago mark the voter suppression in Florida, right, where they're literally suppressing their own voters by by eliminating mail voting in Florida. Mail voting is used predominantly by older, more Republican um, uh, Floridians. But since Donald Trump got in his head that he lost because of, you know, vote by mail, they just literally suppress their own vote. They suppressed liberal vote elsewhere, right, by limiting early hours and so on. But it's they're not thinking rationally and clearly at this point. And, and clearly, if, if you think Donald Trump is your savior, you're clearly not thinking rationally <laughs> and clearly. You've lost the plot. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, speaking of Florida, Val Demings running for Senate against Marco Rubio. What do you think about that? Is that Bravo. Cool? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. So Florida is a tough state. Let's all, we all have to recognize that the odds are we're going to lose in Florida. Because we almost always lose in Florida. And we're going to lose by this much, right? By, <laughs> by 1%. It's, it's going to break our hearts. Florida is Florida. It does what it does. That said, I like Val Demings running for Senate against Marco Rubio. I think we're going to see uh, the, um, oh, what's her name? The Agriculture Commissioner. She's the only statewide elected Democrat in Florida. She's going to run for governor. We're going to have an all-woman top of the ticket. It's, it's a strong ticket. Well, you know, you know, Charlie Crist is running too, though. Oh, <laughs> forget Charlie Crist. <laughs> oh man, forget him. It would be, it would actually be really helpful for the Democrats to consolidate because they have a very late primary, and so I think it's like a September primary. So you only have about two months after the primary to, you know, fundraise and recharge and 
refocus on a general election. There's going to be huge pressure for consolidation to get behind um, whoever seems to be getting the most traction early on. Uh, Val Demings is, is freaking awesome. I mean, I'm, I can't wait to send my first donation to her. Um, so it's going to be expensive. It's going to be tough. The Florida's Florida. It's always going to Florida. It's always going to break our hearts. But every once in a while, it comes through, and we got to fight to make that this, uh, make twenty twenty two the year that it comes through. But but so before we go, let's let's just go to the third rail. Then this is it. Florida, and what is taking place in the Middle East right now? And it is always Democratic establishment, even though I'm not crazy about that word. But um, the main ladders, I'll say that, um, are are loath to criticize Israel. Because they know that most Jewish people vote in America vote Democratic. But, you know, that causes some tension because right now what people are witnessing, I mean, even Ossoff is saying this isn't right. There needs to be a ceasefire. Somehow Biden says he's for a ceasefire, but his U.N. Uh, diplomatic corps is vetoing the U.N. Security Council from passing a resolution calling for a ceasefire. And then that goes back to your point in Florida. It makes you nervous because Florida does break our hearts. And right now here's an issue uh, that could cause Democrats a problem in Florida. You have to, you have to take a moral position, but you, you run the risk of, you know, losing that electorate in that state. So, I mean, and you share the party, so you have to have an yeah. answer. I, I gotta say, I grew up in the middle of a civil war, right? So I, I was living in El Salvador during that civil war as a, as a child. Um, my experience with war and conflict is that there's not going to be peace until both sides want peace. And in the Middle East, you have a situation where, for the last what three thousand years, they don't want peace. They don't. There's there's no positive for them. Like th there's too much political gain in keeping the conflict going. I mean, you have Bibi who's lost. Four elections, the, the, the country stalemated. So it's, he hasn't even lost. Like nobody has won four times. He needs another election. Not, good war, you know, is, is, is just what the doctor prescribed to bring the country around him and, you know, maybe win this next one. You have Hamas that was, that was looking to potentially lose seats in its first election in like 17 years. And what better way to, to rally support around them uh, than to, you know, start a war, right? So both sides are benefiting from keeping this conflict going, which is why nobody's interested in a ceasefire. I mean, you have diplomats that are working both angles. Nobody's interested in a ceasefire. They, they are loving it. Both sides are loving it. You have Hamas, somebody that, that refuses to recognize Israel's right to exist. I don't know how you negotiate with, a, with, a, with an entity that says, I don't think you have a right to exist. On the other hand, you have the big power disparity, obviously, and you have this system where, where um, Palestine is, is, is blockaded. I look at this from both sides, and I don't see any winners. I, don't see, I, don't, I see a bunch of losers, um, not losers in the Donald Trump sense, losers in that they're pawns. Um, the Arab world, there's a reason that these Palestinian refugees aren't allowed to go into Jordan or Egypt or the Gulf states, which have all the money, all the wealth in the world. It's because they love having this festering wound next to Israel. It actually benefits the Arab world to have Israel face international scrutiny. So you have that component. 
I look at all the players and I don't see anybody. I don't see any clean hands. I, I just, everybody is, is, uh, and of course we know the history of the region, right? Anybody try to do peace, they get shot and assassinated. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, it, it, it's just an ugly situation. Now I get the power disparity. I, I understand the affinity that a lot of, that a lot of our own communities have with um, Palestinians as far as feeling like, you know, oppressed and that power disparity, that power disparity is legit. On the other hand, Israel exists because 6 million people were, were murdered by, you know, Nazi Germany. And, and this was a historic homeland for them as well. They've been fighting over it for millennia, but this was also a historic homeland for, for, uh, for Jews back to the Roman times. And so to me, there has to be an acknowledgement. It, it, the, the problem I see with this conflict has always been everybody's black and white. Israel bad, Palestine good, or Palestine good, Israel is 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 bad. But if you're if you're Jewish and you're being asked to negotiate with somebody who says you don't have a right to exist and I want to exterminate you, I mean, that's a hard sell. I think for anybody. That's a hard sell. And so it seemed that Palestinians were getting tired of Hamas, and there was a chance that the economic disparity, the economic distress would overcome sort of this political, um, you know, desire for war with Israel. But that's all out the window now. I mean, Bibi doesn't care. Like he just empowered Hamas and Hamas just empowered Bibi. And war is good for those factions. That's the problem. It never ends in cycle. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, no, yeah, no, no, seemingly no end in sight. Folks, check out The Brief every week. And also watch it on YouTube or download it as a podcast. Check out Daily Coast. Check out Civics with a Q uh, as well. He is mastering all of those things. Marcos Melissa is always our guest every Thursday here on Thursday Coast. And we Thank you so much, Mark. And ah, so exciting to be vaccinated and being able to walk outside without a mask and pretty soon being able to go inside without a mask. It's all happening. So I'm, I'm hoping... Um, you, you think that's good guidance for people to stop wearing masks so soon, even though we don't know everyone who is vaccinated? A lot of people are rethinking that. Like they don't know. It, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough question, and I don't think it has an easy answer. But I do think that you need to start, you need to start showing that there are benefits to vaccinating. Otherwise, if you still have to wear a mask after you vaccinate, then why should some people vaccinate? Right? You want that thinking to be it's a reward. And we know some people are just going to cheat and they're going to take off their mask and they're going to claim they're vaccinated and they're not because they're going to lie about it. Um, I know that I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I know that my family's vaccinated. Uh, my 14-year-old my has her first shot. So um, she just qualified. We got her that first shot the first day, waiting for three weeks for the second one. And um, there is going to probably be another wave, predominantly in the South, where vaccination rates are terrible. But at this point... I. Mark, I, I hate to say it. I'm just tired of caring. Like if people want to be dumb and they want to be infected and they want to deal with that crap, that's their problem at this point. We've done everything we can to save their lives and that of their loved ones. And if they just really don't care, then at that point, it does become a question of, of personal responsibility and let them suffer their own consequences. All right. Well, congratulations on your family being vaccinated. Hope others of you are doing the same. Thursday yes. Coast. Thanks, Marcos. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. 
Please remember to listen, like, and wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.